This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Piki mai kake mai and welcome to this Our Changing World podcast from RNZ with me, Alison Balance. I'm off to Island Bay in Wellington to catch up with freshwater fish biologist Evan Harrison from Greater Wellington Regional Council. Now, I've come to do a story with you about freshwater ecology, but I'm in the oddest place for a freshwater yeah. ecology story. So yeah, we're on a, it is quite strange, eh? Quite a busy road in Island Bay. There's a hole in the pavement in front of somebody's house and no sign of a stream. <laughs> yeah, so once upon a time there actually used to be a stream flowing all the way along here, up into the hills, all the way over the back there, around the back of Island Bay. So that was Paiakawakawa stream. And is there any semblance of that stream left if you went up into what would have been the headwaters? Is oh, it still yeah, here? a couple of little bits up around the headwaters. So you can see some of the headwaters streams up on the hills near Brooklyn, so around Farnham Street behind McAllister Park. A few different fish species up there. So the main one that we get up there is um, banded cockapoo. And so what we think is they're moving up through the pipes, up into there, because they're whitebait species, so they need to move from the ocean back up into the freshwater when they're spawning. Right, so they are still migrating in and out of the stream? Well, that's what we're trying to find out going down into the pipes because we know there's eels down there, we've seen eels down there, but it would be good to confirm that the fish are actually moving back and forward through there, so that's why Alex is going down there. So Alex, can we borrow you for a minute? Can I get you to introduce yourself? I'm Alex James, I work for a company called Eos Ecology. I got this idea from some previous work I'd been doing where I was just looking at the little remnant open parts in these catchments and I figured... You know, there's 90% of the catchment has, has been piped, so it must be worth having a look down in the pipes. So you've yeah, got this little pilot study looking at six pipe stream sites where you drop down manholes, yeah. although one of them you walk up a, a outlet of the ocean in Evans Bay, and um, you were just trying to see what's there, essentially. This is the second visit. The first visit, we did macroinvertebrate sampling using similar methods to what you use in, in open streams. We also installed a, a sticky trap, Basically a, a sticky piece of plastic that catches uh, flying insects. We recovered our first one this morning at, at another site and there were at least four different adult fly species attached to it, which is uh, pretty exciting. So uh, there's, there's things flying around down there, which is um, quite of interesting. Very unexpected. It must be pretty dark down there, it's I'm thinking. 100% darkness, I'd say. It's just um, pitch black. And so this return visit, we were recovering those sticky traps and also trail cameras I'd put down there, which are set up to take a photo every every 20 minutes, I think I did them. And this trip, we're specifically doing a, a fish survey just using spotlights to just get an idea of how many fish we can see down there. The previous visit, this particular site we're, we're at now, I think I counted about 11 eels over about 100 metres. So we're just going to do that a little more formally and also we're going to go 100 metres downstream of the manhole and 100 metres upstream of the manhole, cover like a 200 metre reach and... 
count the eels, uh, try and work out if they're long fins or short fins, and uh, to get a bit of an estimate on, on their length. Now, while we've been talking, somebody's just disappeared into that hole in the ground. Do you want to yep. describe to me what they're doing? There's an open manhole on a footpath in Island Bay, and they've put down the first person using a, a tripod and winch system. And having been to the site before, I can tell you exactly what it's like down there. You could stand up easily. It must be two metres tall and over two metres wide. So it's a great big sort of, I guess, almost square cavern. And you drop quite, this is one of the, you must drop down two and a half, three metres to get to the bottom. And we're only about 200 odd metres from where the um, stream enters Island Bay. Do you get any seawater coming back up at high tide? Last time I didn't see any barnacles or things, so I don't think the seawater comes up quite up, quite up to this point. And in saying that, another one of our sites, which is in, in Lower Miramar, just by the shops in Miramar there, it's definitely um, tidal and um, yeah, the barnacles and things living in the pipes. Now I suspect you might be needed to um, yeah, go down, down so yep. off yep. you go. Yep. <laughs> Can you introduce yourself and just tell me what your role is here? My name is Renee Wilkie. I am the pretty much health and safety of, of this job here. Our company, Silver Lining, the boss is running away actually. <laughs> so we're a small family run operation. That being uh, my dad, my sister, the gentleman in the pipe with Alex is my brother, and this gentleman here is my cousin. I've been doing this for about two years now. Absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. The best thing about it is actually helping the environment, so making sure that we know what goes down the drain and also to help the Kaimawana as well because obviously being a Māori we love our seafood <laughs> and moderation but also to make sure that everything that's in our drains can survive and also just educating everyone else as well. Does all the stormwater from all these houses feed into this pipe as well? Correct, yep. So if, there's, if they're not directly connected, most of them are connected to the curb and then the curb goes into the sumps, sumps go straight down into the culverts and out into the sea. So that's why when you see it, when there's a heavy rain, you'll notice it sees quite dirty because it's washing away everything from the gutters. Time for Alex to go underground. Awesome. We just took down a sticky trap, which is basically a sticky piece of plastic that catches flying insects. So I had a look at this one beforehand, there wasn't much on it. Right, now we are um, progressing for a bit of a fish server over a 100 metre reach downstream of the um, manhole entrance. Ooh. Okay, seen our first couple of eels. Can you shine them on There you go. <laughs> We've just proven you can capture the eels underground. Um, this is a little long fish. This one of the eels, that's a piece of cord. Whoa, there's some really neat um, wave sounds down here. Yeah. Um, well, now. Here's a little, very small one. Here is a short fin. This is actually one of the deeper parts we've seen. This just a tiny little pool of eroded concrete. It has a demon energy energy drink can in it, which is a nice touch. Yep. 
and it's also got some sand accumulation and you can see here I think I'm actually seeing two separate eels there buried in the sand these guys are looking for any tiny bit of cover they can find. He's almost completely, he just, he's gone. He's just gone. Been. Gone. Completely gone. And there's the head of this one. And there's something over here too. There might be, what's that there? That's another one. It's, it's another All one. All the same one. But the heel's over here. There's, there's like three eels buried in the sand here, which is kind of crazy. Sounds like something's coming down the pipe, but we know it's not. We'll leave Alex down in the noisy dark and head back to Evan up on the street. So how many streams are you checking as uh, part of this project? So we've got a mixture of surface streams and pipe streams. So 14 sites we're doing for the surface streams, so all the little streams surrounding the city. So yeah, we're trying to, at the moment, as part of this um, monitoring program that we're doing in collaboration with Wellington City Council, is getting an idea just to start with about what's living in all these streams, what's living in the pipes, how it's using it. And then the idea is about halfway through this year is to set up a long-term monitoring program. Once we've got an idea of the variability around the different streams in the city and then um, yeah, make some recommendations around that halfway through the year with Wellington City Council and how we can move forward with it. Are you finding quite a bit of variation between the streams? Yeah, yeah, it does vary quite a bit. So you get right up into those nice headwater streams that have got really good habitat. So you have a lot better sort of fish communities up in there and um, macroinvertebrate communities as well just because they like macroinvertebrates especially to get that diversity like that really good habitat lots of places to hide same with fish as well and um, there's one stream that we sampled on the south coast um, Waipapa stream um, which has um, got no urban development in that catchment at all and no piping or anything so we want to sample that as more of a control just to get an idea about what some of the catchments used to be like around Wellington and that's the only catchment that we've got a short jaw cockapoo in so that's, re- that's one of the rarer whitebait species so that was really cool when we found that so myself and Sham, one of our monitoring officers, we're walking up the stream at about 9pm at night and we're like, oh, that looks like a short jaw. And yeah, lo and behold it was. It was quite a big one as well, which was um, really cool to see. So you were out at night because you spotlight with torches? Yeah, yeah. So we're doing spotlighting, quite similar to what Alex is doing in the pipes here as well. So that's one of the common ways to know what fish are at a site because a lot of them move around a lot more at night. So that involves our team going out at night to all these surface streams and, um, yeah, walking up a few hundred metres of each of these streams, which is really cool because the stream's quite different at night when you're um, walking up it. And, yeah, it's a, the best way to actually spot a lot of New Zealand native fish. So is this a standard thing for a council to do? Oh, no, it's something new and different. So for us, we've always focused on the um, surface stream side of things. That was something that we wondered. We are like, oh, there's all these pipe streams in Wellington where you've got over 95% of the streams piped and oh what ecological value have they got in there what what fish are in there what bugs are there what's the habitat like because it's got to be stuff living there surely and moving through there that we need to look after and manage into the future. 
all the stormwater from around here must feed into these pipes, which must make it pretty tricky for the fish that are down there. Yeah. If you get a, a big rain event, a massive water comes shooting through. It must yep. be a hard place to be a fish. Yeah, that's the thing. So there's a few different things at play there. In some of these bigger pipes, you'll get nowhere for the fish to hide if it's going really fast because you think it's coming off all this really smooth ground and it's going to go in there really fast, really quickly. So I guess... Maybe one of the things we need to think about from what we find from this, are there opportunities to provide some refuge for fish and pipes to hide in the higher flow times and so they can have a rest as they're moving up the pipes as well? Because, well, if it's really fast water, they're going to get really exhausted and that's not going to be good for them moving up into the surface stream areas up in the catchment. And the other thing to worry about with fish and bugs as well is the... Um, quality of the water going into the pipes as well so, so that's really a message for people living in around wellington as well is just be careful what you're putting down the drain as well because it's not there's fish and bugs moving through the pipes so yeah that's going to affect how how healthy they are as well so if you see anyone doing anything they shouldn't be putting stuff down the pipes it would be to um give greater wellington regional council's environmental pollution hotline a call and we can have a look at it and then, of course, there's all the other standard things like the brake linings off cars. Yeah, yeah. Shed quite a few Yeah, things. that side of things as well. So you've got all those road runoff and that side of things coming in there, copper and zinc going into the pipes and a bit of contamination coming in that way as well. <laughs> so you're winding in the safety line. Yep. So they're on their way back. They are indeed. Eels. Eels? Yeah, they're cool. Short ones are long, mostly long ones, a couple of short ones. Yeah. So there was Ely down there? There are eels down there, and there's basically seven eels downstream and eight upstream, so pretty pretty, pretty similar. Yeah. Um, mostly long fins, a couple of short fin eels, and interestingly, a lot of them are hiding beneath bits of brick or bits of concrete and stuff, so that even in pitch darkness, the eels are seeking out cover. So there's a lot we could do down there to make it um, actually better for eels. Yeah, view. totally, yeah. Yeah, definitely agree with that. Like what? We could create d- deeper areas, deeper pools, because it's very shallow down there, and they prefer deeper water. We could put in sort of half-broken, um, like, sewer pipes, just pipes, terracotta pipes and that from the height underneath, or various types of eel hidey holes that kind of, as long as they're large enough, they don't wash away during, during high flows. Um, yeah. You could do a lot to improve habitat down there for eels. Any other fish down there? No other fish down there that, that I could see, although we do know, Evans probably already talked about this, but we do know that um, banded cockapoo, especially in this catchment, travel up these pipes to get to upstream open channels where we know there's little populations of them. Yeah, so we've seen in some of the surface stream streams around Wellington when we've been spotlighting them at night, you'll see a range of different sizes of fish in there, the really big ones, and we've seen tiny little white bait. So we know they're, they're moving up through there, but it's just hard to get them in the pipes and thinking about managing these systems as streams rather than as stormwater yep you know there might be a fish right under 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 your feet right there thanks alex that was alex james from eos ecology and we also heard from evan harrison senior freshwater scientist at greater wellington regional council and a big thanks to renee and the rest of the wilkie Fano from silver lining contracting I'm Alison Balance, and this Our Changing World podcast from RNZ first aired on the 30th of May 2019. To listen again or check out photos, just head to our webpage, rnz.co.nz slash Our Changing World. 
there is a written feature with links to lots of related our changing world stories. Tracking longfin eels to solve the mystery of where they breed in the Pacific Ocean. A citizen science project to study plastic in streams. How fish ear bones are a diary of where a fish has lived and what it's eaten. And that's just this year. You can also sign up for our free weekly email newsletter while you're there. We are, of course, a free podcast in all the usual places. Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify and plenty of others. You'll also find my other podcasts, Elemental and the Kākāpō Files there as well. Stay in touch with us on Facebook and Twitter where we are RNZ Science. Many thanks for your company. Bye for now. Māori ora. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.